Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition. I am Vic Batista along with Nathan Jones and we are transmitting live from our various networks, www.twave.tv, Facebook and Twitcasting. And of course, thank you for being part of our program today as we're going to continue a verse-by-verse -verse teaching in biblical prophecy in the book of Zechariah chapter 14. And remember, our lines will be open for those of you who would like to be part of the program. For those of you watching us live via social media, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also blog your questions or your comments or post them there for Nathan or myself. But before we continue, I'm going to ask Nathan Jones if you will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for this opportunity to study Zechariah 14. Lord, it's an amazing chapter, Lord. We're so excited because it's about your return in victory and uh, enemies' defeat. Lord, we just praise you for it, and we ask that you'll make it clear and understandable to us today. In your precious name, amen. 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 Again, you're tuning to the Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition. Vic Batista and Nathan Johnson. We are in Zechariah chapter 14. And today's program is sponsored by Calvary Chapel Aventura, Calvary Chapel Broward, and the Truth Will Set You Free Ministry. And you can find more information here on www.tway.tv. Also, want to encourage those of you that are not aware of the movie coming out called Voiceless. And that's going to be October 7th. Google it. Check it out. Incredible movie. We would love to, for, to support it, especially if it comes out in your area. And it's about pro-life. So, again, check it out. Some wonderful things. And if you find yourselves in the Aventura, Hollandale area, hey, drop in and say hello to us. We're located at 1000 Foster Road, Hollandale, Florida, 33009. We'd love to get to know some of you uh, personally. And, of course, before we continue, I'm going to welcome my good friend, Nathan Jones. Nathan, it's great to have you on. Great to be on, brother. As always, every week, I just look forward to our time together studying God's Word. Oh, uh, It's exciting, Nathan, and uh, it's exciting to see. Uh, every week, I look forward to being with you because you have a new story for me, you know? <laughs> so, something awesome that God is doing in your life. And uh, I, I know you, you, you went through a move. You're in a new location, and that's exciting. The kids are back in school. It, it, it's exciting, right, Nathan? Oh, when the kids are back in school, it's always exciting for the mothers, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I can tell you, Nathan, this morning, getting here to the station, now the school is in. Wow, the traffic here in Miami, it was horrendous. Oh, isn't it? That's the only drawback, isn't it? It takes like twice as long to get anywhere in the mornings now. Twice as long. So I was almost late for my own program. No. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, it, it's, good to, uh, it's good to have you on, Nathan. It's already August. Isn't that amazing how time flies? It does. It does. I can't believe we're almost the end of Zechariah. It's, uh, a, it's long for an Old Testament uh, minor prophets book, 14 chapters. But, yeah. brother, it seems like we've just uh, whipped through this. It's true. Well, you know, uh, thank the Lord. You and I started to actually try to go through a chapter uh, every program, and, and that has helped speed it up a little bit. But it's, it's, uh, it, it really has been an incredible journey. It has been, it has been, and if we can make it all the way through Zechariah 14 today, I'll be shocked, because 
<laughs> a very long chapter, but miracles do happen. <laughs> hey, Nick, the good thing is we don't have to push it. We can always split it a little bit. So we'll see how the Lord leads, right? Whatever you want, brother. Whatever you want. Thank you. But Nathan, maybe someone is not familiar with Lamb Lion Ministry. Will you be able to talk to us a little bit about the ministry there, uh, contact information, and the resources uh, for anyone that maybe would like to be part of that? Sure. Uh, well, again, my name is Nathan Jones. I'm the web minister and associate evangelist for Lamb and Lion Ministries. We're a Bible prophecy teaching ministry. Our focus is on proclaiming the soon return of Jesus Christ. Folks can check us out at our website at lamblion.com or ChristinProphecy.org, and there they'll find a wealth of Bible prophecy teaching information, uh, particularly from our founder and director, Dr. David Reagan. You can watch our television show, Christ in Prophecy, which is broadcast all throughout the world on various networks and on our website. We have articles, uh, daily blogs, social networks you can join, like Facebook and Twitter, an easy newsletter, and we've got many different teaching tools that we want to give to you so that you can grow in your study and understanding of God's Word. Mm, awesome. Thank you so much, Nathan. That's fantastic. And Nathan, I noticed you have a, a, a Derek Corey Tim Boone, one of the programs that you guys are having on air. I thought that was awesome there with Evelyn Hines. Yeah, she's a, well, not like an Elvis impersonator, a Corey Ten Boom impersonator, and she's so good at it. And a lot of people, have, I think our age group is probably one of the few that remember Corey Ten Boom, right. certainly the millennials have no idea who she is, but she's a Christian who survived a Nazi concentration camp and became a very strong uh, leader in the Christian yes. movement, many good teachings throughout the years. She, of course, has passed away long ago. But, uh, yeah, uh, Dr. Reagan wanted to... People to remember Corey Ten Boom's legacy right. and what she had to teach and how she was so instrumental in, in bringing many people to know the Lord as Savior. Wow, that is fantastic. So thank you for sharing that. And of course, those of you that are watching and listening, you can grab those resources that they are Vimeo, those teachings on Lamb Lion and ChristinProphecy.org. Uh, incredible uh, uh, programs. Nathan, a lot of the programs you guys do are always incredible. Can you talk to us about your new addition to the Inbox family? Well, we've got a number of, uh, two so far actually, of uh, short web videos called The Inbox. Uh, you can check it out on our Christ and Prophecy YouTube channel or our website at lamblion.com. And they're just short teachings. Uh, if you have a particular question about the Bible, I'm trying to make a video version, a video yes. answer of it. And it's, they're just called The Inbox. Uh, Why Study Bible Prophecy was the first one. And the mm -hmm. second one is Can You Trust the Bible? And the third one, which is in production right now, will be uh, is the United States in Bible Prophecy. Ooh, that's awesome. Well, and I've been watching those very education. I really love the style of just giving people bite-sized to take home with them and answer some of those questions. So that was fantastic. Praise the Lord, brother. Awesome. So, Nathan, thank you so much for sharing those resources uh, for anyone that is watching or listening. Uh, check it out. Be part of it. And, of course, we want to encourage those of you that are watching and listening to maybe get a Bible as we are going to jump on Zechariah chapter 14, as we have been making our way through this incredible book in a chapter-by-chapter, verse-by-verse style. And uh, last week, we covered chapter 13. Uh, Nate, before we move to chapter 14, might you be able to give us a quick recap of chapter 13, just in case someone wasn't tuned into last week's program? Well, certainly. Uh, we're near the end of Zechariah, and it's divided into two sections at the very end, chapters 9 through 11, it's the first oracle. It's about the rejection of the Lamb. It's about Jesus' first coming and how He, as the suffering servant, would come and He would be the sacrifice for our sins. But as we get then through chapters 12 through 14, that's the second oracle, the acceptance of the Lion. 
It's the return of Jesus Christ as the conquering lion, the lion of Judah, and it's about his second coming where he comes in victory at the end of the tribulation. You know, Nathan, that's a, a wonderful passage, and it's just a, a, when we look at the book of Zechariah, it, it's true, you always yourself, and I think I might have copied this from you, you call it a mini book of Revelation. <laughs> I don't know if it you, is. I don't know if it you is. coined that phrase, but I thought it was right on. <laughs> well, it's also been called the uh, chapters 12 through 14, the apocalypse of the Old Testament. Okay, yes. Um, the apocalypse means an unveiling or removal of something that hides. In fact, it, it gives so much detailed information about the end of the tribulation and the Lord's second coming that a, a lot of theologians associate this book, Zechariah, with Daniel in the Old right. Testament and John in, as re writer of Revelation in the New Testament. And it particularly focuses on the day of the Lord. And the day of the Lord is another term for the seven-year tribulation. We know it's seven years because Daniel yes. tells us that it's a time period where God will test the earth, particularly the Jewish people, so that a remnant will come out knowing Jesus as Savior, and they will live on into the millennial kingdom, and they will repopulate the planet, and they will be faithful to the Lord finally. Ooh, praise the Lord. Thank you, Nathan. And that's a wonderful, wonderful intro there. And uh, Nathan, yeah, if you can take us through chapter 14, and uh, we'll let the Lord lead us in this verse-by-verse -verse study, because like you mentioned, there is a lot here. Yeah, well, let's just do the first two verses and chew on them a bit. Uh, Behold, the day of the Lord is coming. Your spoil will be divided in your midst. For I will gather all the nations to battle against Jerusalem. The city will be taken, the houses rifled, and the women ravished. Half of the city shall go into captivity, but the remnant of the people shall not be cut off from the city. Well, Nathan, I think you started to talk to us a little bit there about the day of the Lord is coming. Again, can you uh, share with us a little more about the day of the Lord? This, this is also different names that are used, right, for this day? Yeah, yeah, day of the Lord or tribulation. Uh, uh, this is the seven-year tribulation, and we're down to the very last days. So Zechariah is prophesying what will happen at the very end. Now, yeah. we can read through uh, other books of the Bible that tell us that the Antichrist, this one-world ruler, at the end of this tribulation, will gather all the nations of the world. And when it says all the nations of the world, what does it mean? All the nations of the world. So uh, the Antichrist will be ruler over the entire planet, except for Israel, because he will make a peace covenant with them, and he will break it midway through the tribulation, and he will war with the uh, Jewish people in Israel and overtake them for three and a half years. But the end, he will try to destroy Jerusalem. He will gather all the nations, armies of the world together. Now, bear in mind, by the end of the tribulation, uh, the world will be so decimated. We're not talking about a lot of people here. I mean, there, there certainly will be tons, because right. when the Lord comes back, and we'll read this later, that there'll be enough blood to fill the Valley of Armageddon from wow. Mount Carmel to Jerusalem, 85 miles or so, and that's, that's a lot of blood. But all the people of the world will be brought to destroy Jerusalem, and this man is probably one of the greatest battles that, that Jerusalem will ever face. Nathan, that is astounding. Some people find that hard to believe. I mean, and I believe your, refer your reference there to Revelation 14, right, where the blood is, is running to the horse's bridle. And, mm -hmm. and I mean, it's, we're talking about just an incredible, and so, that's why sometimes people look at the Bible and they go, is this going to be literal? <laughs> but, yeah, uh, well, this prophecy was made before Jerusalem was destroyed in 70 AD. And right. someone said, well, this is the... This is 70 AD. The Romans came in, the, the city was taken, the houses were ransacked, the women raped, and half the city will go into captivity. 
But that's not what happened. The entire city went into captivity when the Romans destroyed it, and not all the nations of the world were against Jerusalem. So this is a prophecy not about the destruction of Jerusalem in 70 AD, but a future destruction where the Jewish people will control Jerusalem, and they have since 1967. The Jewish people have controlled Jerusalem. So that prophecy is fulfilled for this prophecy to happen, and we will see that there is a remnant that has been kept safe in the desert of Petra, waiting for the Lord's return, but the other half will go into captivity and be destroyed, uh, almost destroyed. And that's, uh, this is uh, the most dire time for the Jewish people. They will yeah. see the Antichrist trying to exterminate them genocidally mm. so that there is none left. And so the wow. Jewish people will be at the end of their rope by this prophecy. You know, Nathan, we have a wonderful Jewish couple that started coming uh, to our ministry. They are, of course, born again. They accepted Jesus as the Lord and Savior. Uh, God is doing a wonderful work in the Jewish people. But now when they read about what is in uh, uh, what is awaits the Jews for the future? It's kind of hard for them to believe because of what happened with Hitler. Well, yeah, good thing that the Holocaust could happen again, but we know that the day of the Lord is going to be a time where two thirds of the Jewish people right. will be killed. Two thirds. Yeah. Now, there's 12 million Jewish people today, so we're talking about about nine million Jewish people yes. killed during the tribulation. Mm. So it's horrible, horrible time period. And we know by the end of the tribulation they would face such persecution that they know that the, the Antichrist is coming not just to defeat them, but to annihilate them as a race. This, the Antichrist makes Hitler seem like a good guy in comparison. To, the, just the difference, because the Antichrist is so much more devastating to the Jewish people than Hitler was. Yes. And I'm not trying to say that Hitler wasn't hard. I mean, he killed six million Jewish people, not to mention millions of others across during World War II, but the Antichrist takes it to a whole new level. Yeah. And you know, Nathan, that's why we, we have to continue to pray for the Jewish people in Israel. God loves them. He has a plan for them. Sad to say their eyes are blinded at the moment. But uh, this is all going... And, and you know, Nathan, another thing too, a lot of times people always ask, well, what about the United States of America? Where, where What role are we going to play? But you just read for us all the nations of the world, right? It. If you want to, one of the prophecies that includes America in the end times, that's it. The United States, if we're a nation during the tribulation, I believe we will be, yes. is that uh, we will be one of the nations whose armies will go against Israel. Now, historically, the United States, because of its Christian background, mm-hmm. has been very pro-Israel, very supportive Israel. Right. But as America turns against God, they're also giving up their desire to support Israel because they don't see Israel as a importance to God's biblical plan anymore. And especially with beginning with the Obama administration, we have been seeing America pull back from its support of Israel more and more. And I believe that we've been suffering remedial judgments because yeah. of that as God's trying to say, hey, you're taking the wrong direction. You need to be supporting Israel, yes. not not siding with their enemies. And unfortunately, the last seven, eight years, we've been siding with Israel's enemies. Mm-hmm. Nathan, you mentioned those remedial judgments. I mean, it was interesting. I, I think it was a post from you, I believe, regarding the flooding in Louisiana. And someone actually posted something similar to that, you know? Well, a lot of people who love Bible prophecy have been wondering right. why Louisiana was hit with such weird flooding. And, I mean, that was crazy. It was a storm that was they call it once in every 500 years, and yet they had two once in every 500 years storms in Louisiana in just one year. And so is that just a freak of nature? Is that a sign of the end times? Or is God trying to wake the United States up? We don't know. Mm. Uh, you know, We can't just point to something and say, oh, this is what we did right. in Israel. This is God's reaction. 
But at the same time, we can't discount the fact that God uses nature yes. to wake us up to like, hey, wait a minute, maybe we're doing the wrong thing. And especially uh, when Israel was forced to pull out of the Gaza Strip in 2005, and then Hurricane Katrina happened, it just yeah. came out of nowhere. Uh, a lot of Bible prophecy people were pretty much in agreement that God was trying to wake us up to the fact that we had messed with Israel, we did not support Israel anymore, and God was trying to call us back to supporting Israel. And I think He still is. I, it's, it's pretty clear that God wants us to support Israel, but we know in the end, the United States, along with all the other nations, will turn against Israel. Well, so Nathan, I mean, you talked to us there, uh, where, again, for those of you that maybe just tuned in, you're tuned in, of course, the Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy, TV, Radio Edition, Big Batista, Nathan Jones, as we're looking at Zechariah 14, verses 1 and 2. We noticed some of you just tuned in via Twitcasting uh, Live and some via Facebook. Go ahead and post your questions or your comments for Nathan Jones or myself pertaining here uh, to the subject matter, and we'll try to get to those questions. But yeah, Nathan, this is an amazing portion of Scripture, uh, and if you could continue to take us through the following verses, I mean, it's just a lot there that uh, we unravel. Hopefully, those that are following along can kind of see uh, where we're going with this. Well, I wish that this chapter was turned into a movie because it's got all the elements of a blockbuster. It makes, it's like a Superman movie, but so much better. All right, so the, the evil enemy of the world is about to destroy God's people, and he's destroying the city. The Jews are on their last stand. The, it couldn't get bleaker for the Jewish people or for the world than it can at this point. And this is when the Messiah returns, verse 3. Then the Lord will go forth and fight against those nations as he fights in the day of battle. And in that day his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives, which faces Jerusalem on the east. And the Mount of Olives shall be split into two from east to west, making a very large valley. Half of the mountain shall move towards the north, half of it towards the south. Then you shall flee through my mountain valley, for the mountain valley shall reach to Azel. Yes, you shall flee as you fled from the earthquake in the days of Uzziah, king of Judah. Woo! Nathan, when you're talking about, I mean, I love cartoons, the Super Friends, the Hulk, <clears> and all the, the Avengers. <laughs> but here we're talking about, this is going to be a real live situation. This is not superhero make-believe. This is talking about the Lord himself is going to descend to a specific point in a specific place at a specific time. Can you talk to us about that? Well, this is the second coming of Jesus Christ, where he returns from the clouds with his saints behind him. That's, that's you and me, brother. That's right. We'll be raptured, taken up to heaven long before the tribulation, uh, this point in the tribulation. And so we will come back with Jesus, and we will watch him land on the earth, and he will land right at the Mount of Olives. And wow. man, he will hit the ground so hard that the mountain will split into two parts, a valley will crisscross the Kidron Valley into Jerusalem and it will provide a access way for the people of Jerusalem who are holed up there to escape to the Lord. And they will run to Jesus Christ, their Messiah, who will rescue them. And brother, I've been to the Mount of Olives three times. I know you have too. Yeah. And it, what's neat is you go there and, and as you walk through, because it, it's a graveyard, right? The whole thing is a graveyard and right. partly an Arab village. And there's like these little landing pad areas. I don't know what they are, but they're these circular <laughs> stopping points where you can stand. They're outlooks, and you can see the eastern wall. Yes. You can see the uh, right now the Dome of the Rock, and you get a really wonderful view of Jerusalem. I don't know. To me, that looks like, like little landing pads. Maybe that's not 
the case, but if Jesus was to come back, one of those little lambs has to be perfect. But to think, you know, this is Jesus Christ, who we read about in the Bible, to think that he can land with such force that it splits a mountain in half. We don't even begin to understand the power of God, and we certainly don't respect or yes. even can comprehend how powerful Jesus Christ is. You know, Nathan, and that's true. Sometimes I think we forget the kind of God that we serve and who he really is. We're used to seeing Jesus as the meek and mild. Uh, you remember Superman before he would be transformed? He was Clark Kent, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, that's the great analogy. I think the Superman storyline was pretty much based, if he's a Christology, he's a type of Christ. He's, yeah. If he was human and flawed, which, of course, Jesus isn't, but, yeah, he starts out as the meek, mild pushover, right. and uh, but he takes off those glasses and pulls off that jacket, and he's got these Superman, you know? And, and I don't want to compare Jesus to Superman because Superman is a lightweight compared to That's Jesus true. Christ. He's the God of the universe. He's all-powerful. And when he returns, he picks the perfect moment to come when the, the Jewish people are about to be totally annihilated, right. and he returns with such force that the mountain splits in half and the people can run out into under his protection. Nathan, that's why in our trip that we made about a month or two ago to uh, Israel, that was the first place that I wanted to visit was the Mano Alice. Because to me, that is going to be fantastic to know that that is the point where Jesus left and he says, I will come again. Right, Nathan? And we believe he's coming back very soon. Three times in Revelation 22, he said, I, I will come, I'm coming back soon, I'm coming back soon, I'm coming back soon. It's like, uh, was it Patner MacArthur said, I will return. <laughs> and Jesus has promised he will return, and he will return. He, he has no choice but to return, because he's always true to his word. And we even get a play-by-play -play of what his return is like here in Zechariah 14. And to me, man, Zechariah 14 makes it one of the most important chapters in the entire Bible. So he'll be back, right? <laughs> he will return, yes. I, Nathan, you know, I, another good point that I think you're making that I believe people need to consider, you know, you have the Jehovah's Witnesses and you have all these other cults that say that Jesus returned, right? And it was secretly. But that's not the case, according to the Bible. <laughs> no, there's nothing secret about Jesus' return. The rapture, when it, he brings all those who trust him as Savior right. up to heaven, that, that's not going to be any doubt. The whole world will know that that happened. But when Jesus returns a second time, as the wrathful king, ready to defend his people, then look out. The entire world will know that's happening. Absolutely. And that's why this is a fascinating passage. Uh, and, and yeah, they, they continue to take us through. I mean, this is just fascinating. It is like watching a Hollywood movie unfold. <laughs> it will be. Uh, thus the Lord my God will come and all the saints with you, verse 5. Uh, that's the rest of it there. So we, the saints, will yeah. be coming back with Jesus. All right, picking up in 6. It shall come to pass in that day that there will be no light. The lights will diminish. It shall be one day which is known to the Lord, neither day nor night. But at evening time it shall happen that it will be light. Ooh, so Nathan, and of course, Revelation 6 and on, it talks to us also a little bit about, right, some of the cataclysmic events that are going to be happening in the time of the tribulation. Well, you, you talked a little earlier about this being a secret return. Obviously, it's not a secret return, too, because... The weather and the right. light will be different on that day than it has ever been. That God will turn the lights off on the Antichrist army so that there will be no light. The lights will diminish. And then we read other places in the Bible about other signs 
storms and lightning and hail, and even a sign of the Lord up in the sky. Right. I don't know if it's a giant cross or what it's going to be, but that it's announcing Jesus Christ coming. So the Antichrist is quickly trying to destroy Jerusalem, hoping to get it done before Jesus comes back. But too late, Jesus returns. And you know, Nathan, it's interesting because the Bible says the enemy knows his time is short, right? <laughs> <laughs> By then he will know his time is very short and that there's no way that he can defeat Jesus. Uh, excellent point. So we notice again in, in just the book of Revelation also, like you said, it ties so well to Zechariah. So I think, Nate, we could also encourage anyone watching or listening that this would be a great time for them to also maybe pick up Revelation 6 and on, right? Well, exactly. If you read the, the prophets and both the Old Testament and the New, you get a bigger picture. They each tell a different aspect of the return of Jesus. Zechariah 14 fills in a lot of good details. Excellent point. And again, for those of you that maybe just tuned in, you are tuned in to the Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition. Vic Batista, Nathan Jones, as we're looking at the book of Zechariah chapter 14, a verse-by-verse -verse starting in biblical prophecy. Again, for those of you that are tuned in live and you're watching us via uh, uh, social media, whether it's Facebook or Twitcasting, uh, feel free there to post your questions or your comments for us. We see a number of you people there uh, that are tuned in. And uh, we would love to be able to take your questions or your comments. You can also text us at 321-END-TIME, 321-363-463, or 305-992-9537. And even if we're off the air, we will still take your questions or your comments. So thank you, Nathan Jones. Yes, continue to take us through this incredible journey in Zechariah chapter 14. Our verse 8 goes, And in that day it shall be that living waters shall flow from Jerusalem, half of them towards the eastern sea and half of them towards the western sea. And both summer and winter it shall occur, and the Lord shall be king over all the earth. In that day it shall be, the Lord is one, and his name one. Wow. Nathan, I love that. It's talk about living water, and we know there's other portions of the Bible. that talk to us about this event. Uh, if you can open this up for us a little more, that would be fantastic. Well, a good parallel passage to read is Ezekiel 47, which okay. uh, chapters 40 through 48 talk about the time when Jesus sets up his kingdom called the Millennial Kingdom. Yes. And it's interesting that we go from verse 7 with Jesus Christ coming, and then it skips into the Millennial Kingdom. Right. right? Jesus still has to, <clears throat> excuse me, defeat the Antichrist, <clears throat> his armies, and set up his kingdom. And so that's going to take a little bit of time. He also has the sheep, goat, judgment. So this passage kind of skips over that aspect and goes right into the Millennial Kingdom and explains that when Jesus sets up Jerusalem as his capital city, that living water will flow out of Jerusalem. In other words, a river will flow out of Jerusalem and it will split into two. Half of it will go to the Mediterranean Sea. The other half will go down to the Dead Sea. And man, when you read Ezekiel 47, you realize how amazing that is because the Dead Sea is dead. I mean, there's it's nothing dead. growing in it. It is there's nothing but Ezekiel 47 tells us that fishermen will be there and crops will grow around yeah. it and the Lord had decimated it with Sodom and Gomorrah it turned into a salt flat yes. as you've seen nothing can grow there but in the day of the Lord after that's over and the millennial kingdom starts the Dead Sea will become alive again and Nathan, Jesus Christ shall be king over all the earth hallelujah you know Nathan and of course that's why we encourage anyone that's able to go to Israel right Nathan to visit these places because when you look at it I mean I went there Nathan and I took some of that water and I brought it back right and it is so dead and it's so slimy <laughs> that it, it, it's amazing but yet to think that someday 
all that is going to be turned into rivers. It, it, it really is fascinating. And so what do you have, like a little beaker of, of Dead Sea water that you kept? Yes, actually, and you know what? I brought it back in an Israeli Superman bottle. So I, I have it. <laughs> I'm going to put a little jar and I'm going to save it for you, Nathan, okay? Because I still promise some people that. I, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. Well, well it, someday that dead water will be made live again. Absolutely. But Nathan, it is, I think you mentioned a good point. Some reference books for people to read so that they can put this whole thing together as we talk about the millennium, because people don't think about this. You talked to us about Ezekiel uh, 48, right? We talked about Revelation chapter 20. Any other thoughts, Nathan, in terms of the millennium and putting it all together? We have a number of articles on our website by Dr. Reagan, uh, also uh, Christ and Prophecy episodes with various experts in Bible prophecy where we interview them and talk about different aspects of the millennial kingdom. Uh, we just had a conference. And my yes. topic uh, at the conference was the Millennial Kingdom. You can check that out on our website uh, soon. And so there's a lot of information on landline.com where you can learn about the Millennial Kingdom. Excellent point. And, and that's why the Millennium Kingdom, Nathan, is so exciting and interesting because uh, Christians need to recognize this, right, this life right here is not all there is. There is so much more for those that have placed their trust in Jesus Christ. So much more that God has in store for them. And we want to encourage those of you that are watching and listening. I know we only have about 30 seconds or so left of the program, but if you have not placed your trust in Jesus Christ, we want to give you that opportunity to come to the Lord now. So if the rapture were to take place today, that you can rejoice with us in paradise and all these things that we're reading about will come alive. Nathan Jones, will you be able maybe to share with that person on the other side, whether it's watching or listening live, whether now or at a later time, how maybe they can start their relationship with Jesus from wherever they are? Surrender your 